0: My husband and I have a neighbor who has a storm shelter in their garage. And so they actually had it put in. They've since moved. But the wonderful thing that they did for everybody in the community, they were on the street. We live on a a cove. And they told all of the neighbors, if a tornado comes, we're leaving the front door open. Just come through the front door and into the garage because we're not going to leave the garage door open. Um, But how wonderful is that? Like we as a community, as neighbors, had a plan.
1: Hi, and welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Always a pleasure to get together with you, friend, and visit with our guest. Today, we're excited to welcome from Houston Levy Community Center, Greta Brown, who's the executive director. She's brought David Carey here, who is a longtime friend of mine. David is a life coach, and uh, can we use some coaching at times in our life? We're going to talk to these two about some exciting things happening through the ministry of Houston Levy Community Center. First, Greta, how you doing?
0: Doing well. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. We're excited for you to be here. And this has been kind of a, I know, a vision of the ministry of Calvary Church on Houston Levy to have a way to reach the community. And God just kind of dropped a a very nice facility into your lap, right?
0: A beautiful facility, Um, probably perfected, though, uh, more by Mike West of West Construction. Uh, So the story of the Houston Levy Community Center is really quite incredible, a Pastor Lynn, who is the lead pastor of Calvary Church, felt that the Lord was laying it on his heart to bring a community center to the Cordova community, which is where we're located, on Houston Levy Road, and the original plan was to have new construction built behind the church. Yes. However, the church next door decided to sell.
1: And now, now, the church next door, I believe, was called Grace Creek. Is that correct, or am I wrong on that?
0: I believe I the last one was have... Truth and Love.
1: Okay. Maybe they changed the name. Yes. Okay. I think at one time it was Grace What's... Creek. If I had the same facility right, I believe it was. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs>
0: That's fine. Um, and so for... A couple of years, uh, we, Pastor Lynn you know, went before the parishioners of Calvary and shared his vision, and the, the parishioners of Calvary every Sunday put two envelopes in the offering plate, one for their tithe and one for the offering of this community center, mm. and eventually they raised about a half a million dollars, and then the next part of that gift came when Mike West approached Pastor Lynn and said the Lord was laying it on his heart to gift the church the labor for this project. So that allowed us to do some really incredible things to the inside of this building. We now have uh, two floors. It was a one-story building initially, and uh, Mike came in and built two floors on both two upstairs areas on both sides. And so we now have a computer lab. We have two large classrooms. We have a teen lounge and a game room. So lots of space that people are using for business rentals. We have birthday parties there. We've had corporate events. um, And then, of course, just our own ministries. We have a teen kind of a middle school group, a girls empowerment club. Um, we have tutoring, free tutoring that happens on Thursdays. So the classrooms are really getting lots of use.
1: So that really the whole building is getting utilized.
0: Oh, absolutely. Basketball definitely is a, is a, a very big ministry yeah. um, because when you walk into the gym, you basically walk into a gym, a gymnasium, a basketball court. And our ministry, I was saying to somebody the other day, we came with one vision, but God had such a bigger vision than what we had.
1: Doesn't he always
0: do that yeah, to us? He, I tell you, bigger than what we could have imagined. And so our basketball ministry, we have adult men that come in to play basketball with us on Sunday afternoons, and they are coming from Frazier and Raleigh, wow. Orange Mound, Whitehaven. It's amazing.
1: That's so exciting. And David, I know that uh, you have been uh, a part of the fellowship at Calvary for uh, since, since it's beginning. Since 2001. Well, I was going to say for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh and, and your your uh, faith walk started when? Well I was born and raised in a Christian home. And uh, matter of fact, your dad used to be partner with Doctor James Dobson. He was a ghostwriter for Doctor <laughs> James Dobson. That's and right.
2: Yes, very, very proud of that for all the good ministries that that took place at that time in his life
1: and his second career. And so, did you live uh, in California when Dr. Dobson started, or were you guys living somewhere else?
2: That's, we did live in
1: California when he was
2: there in Pomona, and then uh, my father did follow him to Colorado Springs. Okay. So, you moved to Colorado too, or were you out of the home by then? I moved from California to here in Memphis. Okay. And what brought you to Memphis? It was a construction and church planting effort out in the Bartlett area. Yeah. And uh, came in 1990, and then stayed with that till 2001.
1: And see, the, the title "Life Coach" kind of took me by surprise because I, I know you as a great guy, and I know you could <laughs> probably you. give some great words of wisdom. And I, I knew you as a construction guy, you know, among other things. But uh, tell me about this life coach uh, development and, and how God has brought this into your life.
2: Glad to, and I thank you for the kind words. I'm, I'm almost glad you don't know me better to <laughs> negate any of that, but I'll do my best here. I uh, have, of course, in my background is a, a training in religion and, and some in psychology. So I had a few years in the pastoral ministry doing some pastoral counseling. And then in the mid-1990s, TenCare was looking for psych therapists and uh, had a fellow encourage me to go through a crash course that they were offering, some 40 hours, make a certified uh, psych therapist, working with a psychiatrist, a psych nurse, and uh, that was a very good clinical experience. So I kinda had both ends of the spectrum there, from pastoral ministry to clinical. And then, uh, after going through some difficult times in in my own life and benefiting from a life coach uh, who helped me uh, work through some very painful life circumstances, Um, I I saw the value of it. Life coaching is question-based, and it's on the person's terms who's needing the help. And it's much more effective than doing some kind of behavior modification as a as a psych therapist, or just throwing scriptures at him, as I was often doing in the ministry side, which is not bad, but I'm just saying, it's kind of the middle of the road, and when I saw the value of that, I thought, okay, this is something that I could do going right on into old age, <laughs> and and, and you, you need to know the leading questions to ask, but, right. but that's sure. what motivated me to get into life
1: and, and you know, the scripture talks about the older men teaching the younger men, yes. you know, and, and, and in the form of like a discipleship, so really, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of what life coaching is in a that's way, right. would you say? Kind of discipleship? Very much so. In fact, I think Jesus
2: Christ was the epitome, the, the best of life coaches. <laughs> yes. And you'll notice how many times he asked his disciples questions to to get the thought going, and uh, he, he used very much the, the mode of life
1: coaching. Well, one of the things we want to focus on today, September is National Preparedness Month, the time that people plan how they should handle emergencies. Right. So the community center and together, are you working to do something in the community?
0: Well, one of the things that I have always tried to stress about the community center is that community centers today really need to be more intentional with how they operate in the community. They, we can no longer just be a place of activity and fun. And so what Dave is offering in this life coaching class is exactly what we want to provide to the community, resources information. And so that's why we thought this is, this would be a great partnership to bring him in um, in the month of September. It's perfect.
1: Yeah. When we talk about emergencies, that could go any kind of direction. Mm-hmm. I was talking on the phone this morning about active shooters that come into churches, yes. which is an emergency mm-hmm. issue. Having members of no CPR when something happens during a time of, of worship when you need to give attention to somebody in a mm-hmm. medical need this could go a lot of different ways. What are we talking specifically, David? Well, you're touching on it
2: right there, that, that um, there are so many things that make the future seem uncertain and that people feel nervous about. There's a, a study that was done, a few research Center here that shows that right now in the world scene, never have people been madder, sadder, or more afraid, which is quite interesting because... When you think of how communication and all that has blossomed in recent years, you think that the good word out there would help <laughs> offset some of that. But because the mass shootings and the climate control talk, the global warming talk, of course, there are natural disasters aplenty, fires yeah. and hurricanes. And went.
1: here in the Memphis are sitting on a New Madrid fault line back in the 1800s, that earthquake mm-hmm. made the Mississippi River change directions mm-hmm. and create a real foot lake. So we don't know when or that could possibly take place again.
2: That's right. And for many
1: years, you know,
2: people working on their retirements and having health insurance and car insurance, that was the way they prepared for the future. But now with things that seem to be even more uh, mass population related and the threat uh, we were coming around to this, the EMP, electromagnetic pulse threat which is a very real threat. Now that has people thinking in another dimension altogether. Okay,
1: now stop there. Now you're taking me somewhere I didn't expect to go. What are we talking about? Well,
2: I used to kind of poo-poo the idea of an EMP for many years. And in the construction company we have that you spoke of earlier, um, we would put up generators for people who were nervous about being without electricity for a prolonged period of time. And I was glad to do that, but I didn't have a generator myself. Five years ago, I had, we were doing work on a kitchen for a lady who was working on a doctor at the University of Memphis had MLG and W as a client, and she was telling us that um, there were three countries that on a regular workday basis on their workday coming into the MLG and W software and making their way around with ease. She said we have not been able to stop them. Her doctor, by the way, is in cybersecurity. She now works for the federal government, but. Um, when she told me that, I, I looked at her and I said, well, Ruby, what, what are they what are they doing? What are they in there for? And she smiled and said, they're waiting. I said, waiting for what? She said, waiting for the time they can shut down our grid. It's a power thing. And I kind of had an eye-opening experience where that started getting my attention, just having a first hand account of somebody who actually was working on this problem. And she said, they're in every grid in the United States. Soon after that, I heard from some government officials that was on the news And they were being quoted as saying that this EMP was going to be a a preferred type of weaponry in the future, and I didn't know a thing about it. Started studying it, and sure enough, um, it has become both Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran, all have been developing the EMP, and, and especially Iran and North Korea have threatened to use it, saying that's the way they'll bring the United States down. When I heard that, I started talking to my wife about it, and I said, look at me, for years I've been kind of just taking everything lightly about this EMP thing, not even knowing what it was, but now we have people who have great intelligence in our country, way more than me, John Q. Public, saying it's not a matter of if,
1: it's when. When, yeah.
2: So maybe I better rethink this a little bit because they have access to information I don't have.
1: Our purpose here today is not to bring unnecessary fear on our listening listeners, you know, but to prepare and to be aware of the potential. You know, I was talking to the individual who has a security company and consults with faith-based ministries. He was trained over with the Israeli intelligence. One of the things that's really quite different about Israeli intelligence to U.S. intelligence when it comes to terrorist-type issues, Issues we react and they prepare, try to, to prevent those things from happening. Yes. They're very good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important, Miss Greta, for Absolutely. us to be prepared.
0: Absolutely. I think when we think about events like that, if they were to occur, most people are thinking business wise, how do businesses prepare? We're trying to protect our business but really families need to be prepared as well like how do you prepare um, we were even looking at the community center being a place in case of a hurricane where people could come and have shelter like we how many businesses or buildings are there within a community that you could use as a place of shelter
1: and you That's mentioned the hurricane which we're pretty far off the coast. However, if you'll remember how many years or ago... Or tornadoes, was I guess that's what well, I should well, say. I'm no, from the no, Carolinas. you know <laughs> Hey, listen, no, Greta, I want I to take you at that point because if you remember how many years ago did Katrina hit New Orleans? Yeah. How many of those evacuees came, came to here. Memphis yep. and there right. was churches all across there that were packed, their yes. gymnasiums. Yeah. and so they could be a hurricane, you never know. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We could be assisting from those coastal communities. Exactly. Uh, but as you mentioned, too, we had the threat of tornadoes. And Big time. <laughs> and there's earthquake possibility too. So is there a particular event that you guys are going to have to prepare?
2: The class is prepare and be ready. That's on Saturday mornings right now this month at the community center there from 10 to 11 59. The whole intent here is to talk the aspect of preparation so that people can have peace of mind as they look to the future. And of course. As we sit here, I know, Baron, you would fully agree, the greatest preparation anyone can make is to make sure they have a close relationship with the Lord. And this this whole topic, it opens the door wide open for us to talk that way about being prepared spiritually. Because who knows, we may not be near some place that we're prepared otherwise to even benefit from what we've stashed away or set up in a, in a home environment. That's the number one thing we're, we're talking, is making sure that spiritual preparation is, is complete. But we go on to the physical. And we talk about having a you know bug-out bag, a bug-out plan, having to talk to your family, having the basics that you can survive for three days, for a week, for two to three months. And part of the plan that you develop is, of course, how long do you want to be prepared for? I'm not planning on being prepared for 40 years. I'm 60, and I don't think I'll be around that long. But I am thinking if the grid were to go out, they say it would be about 18 months before it could be brought back up. And in that language, in that talk, That's what our goal is personally. My wife and I, as we've talked and said, here, this is what we want to plan for. But other decisions have to be made. Do you want to try to be prepared to help other people in a time like this? Those decisions you need to make now, because uh, just like Noah had to shut the door sometime or another, if you're trying to help others in a time of crisis, you've got to know how far you can go,
1: what resources you have. And as you mentioned, that we're living in a time where people are fearful of so many Pretty things. So. And the reason to have preparation for an active shooter in a congregation is not that you want that to happen, but it's just to be prepared to mm-hmm. know how you will respond when mm-hmm. something happens. And so mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with, with being prepared. Proverbs is full of wisdom, wisdom Absolutely. in life. Yes. yeah, And coaches us that way. Uh-huh. So much so.
2: And of course, when you read what Jesus said about end times which is the only scripture we're using right now during this life coaching session, we're using Matthew 24, which also the same account's pretty much given in Mark 13 and Luke 21. But in Matthew 24, the way Jesus takes his disciples down this road of this will happen, then this will happen, then this will happen. At the end, of course, then the Son of Man will come in glory in the clouds. But following that, his whole discourse is about preparation. So yes, prepared spiritually, but he uses as an example, the 10 virgins and five who had no oil, five who didn't, you know, and it's just part of the understood given of the scriptures that people will be working at preparing whether it's for salvation or for other aspects of life.
1: David and Greta, the model that you're using for this prepare and be ready class you're doing on Saturday mornings, is this something that you've developed yourself or have you investigated others that might offer the same type of program? How have you developed this?
2: There's a lot out there on the internet for sales of materials and resources and food and things like that. There's not a lot when it comes to just this whole full-spectrum approach to being prepared, and especially from a life coaching standpoint. So I would love to hear of or find some other resources along these lines. At this point, I almost feel like we are kind of... um, cutting edge, winging our way along here, trying to find the, the best way to approach it. But we really want to try to help people find peace of mind.
1: Does the church encourage its members, Greta, to go through training?
0: Now, of course, we encourage the parishioners of the church to attend the class. And then internally within the church, you know, clearly we have a security team and they go through particular training for exactly what you were saying, like an active shooter. Even the greeters. I have been a greeter. i worked in the nursery. <laughs> They're involved <laughs> in the the church like i am with the center but as a greeter we actually went through like an emergency class it was like a day-long event on a saturday one of the things that we talked about was active shooter or if someone falls ill how do you handle that always being prepared and i think just like the church and businesses prepare for things to unexpected things to happen we're just trying to get families to do the same thing a perfect example um is that we have a neighbor My husband and I have a neighbor who has a storm shelter in their garage. And so they actually had it put in. They've since moved. But the wonderful thing that they did for everybody in the community, they were on the street. We live on a a cove. And they told all of the neighbors, if a tornado comes, we're leaving the front door open. Just come through the front door and into the garage. Because we're not going to leave the garage door open. Um, But how wonderful is that? Like, we as a community, as neighbors, had a plan.
2: We're seeing more and more of that. I've already spoken with my homeowner association twice, and all but one homeowner is thinking on it, talking about it. That one is representative of many, many out there who was like I was and said, oh, nothing's ever going to happen. And so they're not going to be prepared. But you know, everybody has a plan. Yeah. I'll say this right here. If it's no more than saying, we won't worry about it till it happens, and when it does, we'll go start knocking on neighbors' doors, <laughs> that's a plan.
0: Yeah.
2: But it may not be a very good one.
1: In your construction business, are you still doing that type of work, David? Yes. Okay. So in that, are you installing like more storm shelters? Are you in putting in home generators in people's homes? Not necessarily. And surprisingly
2: so because, you know, it's been in the last three or four months that both China and Russia have said the EMP is now there. Preferred use of of weaponry, and you'd think that people would be hearing this and responding, but there's not a, a serious response at this point.
1: I don't really hear on the six o'clock news too much. I'm not hearing a lot about this talk. Yeah, no, it's not here and there, and
2: uh, and yet you'd think just the bit that comes through would have people concerned. And and if I could say this, there's a former CIA director named James Woolsey who has been giving his life since serving in the CIA to trying to help not only American people but the American government wake up. And he's very concerned that nobody is taking it seriously. This very lady I referred to earlier who now works for the government that used to have MOG&W as a a customer just told me a couple weeks ago on the phone, she's out now in California, she said, we have this um, saying going around our department here, and that is, on the government side, we see everybody responsible for our security as a nation. But on the civilian side, they see the government as responsible. So I think there's a lot of that mentality that, well, the government will take care of us when they don't realize... FEMA will have very limited resources. It's going to be what you have that's probably going to determine your quality of life.
1: Going back to Israeli preparation for security, students out of high school, guys are required to serve three years in the military. Girls are required to serve two years in the military. So you walk into a country where everybody's been trained and prepared for events. And when you go to a hotel... Just outside your hotel room or somewhere on the floor will be a bomb shelter. So people know how to they're prepared so they know what to do when such emergencies occur.
2: Interesting. I think that's good. And and yet, I think that's a totally different scenario than what we have here. Of course, they've been living under a threat for many years. Sure. And Iran has really mentioned them by name. Their full intent is to wipe them off the map. And so that's where a lot of the tension exists. But yes, they've been preparing for years as a country.
1: What about other cities, David? Are you connecting with other people who have the same mindset that you have and are wanting to bring this to their communities? Not yet. Not yet.
2: Seriously. It, it, is, it is just that fresh, that new. And, and yet... I will guarantee you, it is such a hot topic. Like right now, we're, this, this, just this very possibility of an event people can go to has generated tremendous conversation. And as people pick up on it, right. um, it's amazing what you start hearing people say and how hot it gets. Like You start talking about it, you have trouble stopping the conversation. It's that kind of hot topic.
1: Okay, how long have you been doing these classes now, again, the prepare and be ready classes there at Houston Levy Community Center?
2: We had our first one last Saturday. And we will have three more. So, and this is the first. Uh, this is this is the first effort at doing this.
1: Okay, so the We're first cl- first class. Give me some feedback of those who participated, and what are they saying, and what do they oh, think? It, it was good.
2: It was good. It was hot. It was it was. Uh, a very um, intense time of talking. Of course, we got into some of the topics here. Introduced, of course, what Jesus said about the future, and, we, and just that alone has people very interested. In, and I, I'm using that rather than get into a Bible study or a debate on the theologies of eschatological events, you know, and and what positions pre, mid, midterm, whatnot. We said we're just going straight to what Jesus said, how that plays in, and of course, it does shed light on what Paul said, and John, and Revelation, and the Old Testament prophets. But Jesus referenced the Old Testament, which of course there were some 300 prophecies fulfilled in his coming, so I feel like it has the credibility, and of course Jesus, as we believe in being God, but even for the great teacher he was for those who don't believe that he was God, he has probably as much credibility as anybody in the history of man to be talking about the future. So we're using that as a basis, and people are very interested in just that as they seek to
1: give meaning to what they see happening in our world. So you've got two more classes on Saturday Next two Saturdays. Three, Three, actually. Oh, three more. 14th, 21st, and 28th. All through the month of September. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what you're focusing on. So after that, where do you go? We don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He comes back for another series.
1: (laughs) We'll
2: see what the interest is at that point. Sure will.
1: Have you had anybody else in the community hear about what you're doing besides what we're talking about today?
2: Thanks to you all and uh, the word being put out right here about radio. Um, We've had at least one person come in to the group from that, I understand, and... um We have others who are saying, yes, they're going to be coming in. They're learning of what's going on. Uh, My electrician contractor, he's going to be there. What's really interesting is that this keeps turning the topic toward the spiritual side of life. And your listeners here, I know would understand how important that is. So here's somebody who, my electrician telling me, you know, I I want to hear from God. Uh, Well, if you look and seek and search after him, you will. And so we're hoping that that happens through this event. But yes, we're having people just more word of mouth than anything. You're the main outlet we've used for getting the word out apart from... And,
0: of course, social media.
2: I'm just going to say, Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, we had quite a few people sharing that as they're picking up on what's going on. Um, getting lots of people looking at the website, which is okay to give that here. Almost but, definitely. Please do, yeah. It's www.carylifecoaching.com, which is C-A-R-Y lifecoaching.com. And on that website, we have a page, Prepare and Be Ready, which lets, lets people see what we're doing in these classes, but it may give them thought themselves otherwise, too, for just where they're at in life.
1: And hey, Greta, if folks want more information about the opportunities, the services, and the ministries going on in Houston Levy Community Center, what should they do?
0: So they can uh, visit our website at hlccmemphis.org. Always uh, review us and check us out on Facebook, uh, just Houston Levy Community Center. I want to invite everyone. We are not just a community center for Cordova. We're based in Cordova, and, and certainly the families there are our, our priorities and our main focus, but we just believe that God isn't telling us to pick and choose who to serve, okay. and so our mission is to serve anyone who walks through the door.
1: Now, are you going to do the big Harvest Festival again this year? You did, I think, last year. You know
0: about that? <laughs> yes, and I know because so we...
1: I brought my granddaughter, and oh, she had a blast. That's oh awesome. my goodness, good. we had a great time as a family. The place was packed, <laughs> but it was handled so well, though.
0: Oh, thank you. Great job. Well, we're we're looking at it. We um we also have a huge Christmas uh, dinner event that we host for. December place Shelby County students. And so that event is growing uh pretty extensively so we may have to pull back from the fall fest just to get ready for christmas (laughs) so we're gonna see
1: (laughs) a lot's happening
0: lots of volunteer opportunities now that you bring that up i should probably Mm -hmm. say that so Mm -hmm. yes if anyone is interested in and getting involved uh whether it's through tutoring we have a reading enrichment program maybe even helping us get ready for this christmas event Mm -hmm. um because that event is becoming so extensive and so large it takes a lot like i have a committee with subcommittees, uh, multiple <laughs> subcommittees. So always looking for volunteers.
1: Oh, this is great. Wow. Well, again, friend, the classes to prepare and be ready are going through the month of September, yes. each Saturday in September from 10 until 1159. So you'll be out one minute in time to go to your favorite lunch spot. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been great. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Again, David, give that web address and contact information for you again.
2: Thank you. It's uh, wwwk carrylifecoaching.com. That's C-A-R-Y lifecoaching.com. And may I say real quickly, thank you, Byron, for even talking this with us because there are still many people out there who just poo it. You just, just think it has no credibility. But I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced if they do any research at all, they'll they'll take it more seriously. Well, and you just you.
1: surprised me. You're welcome. I had no idea, but I, I think this is a topic worth talking about and getting in front of our listeners. And so thank you so much. Greta, one more time, your
0: contact? Houston Levy Community Center at hlccmemphis.org.
1: Okay. Thank Thank you so so much. much. Thank you,
0: you, Byron, so much for having us. For
1: what you both are doing for Christ's kingdom in our community. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.